0: Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars. CigarSnowbox.com and as always brought to you by the Huddle Up Store Studios. More on the Huddle Up Store Studios here in a little bit, but today we got a great topic and we have a special guest here in the studio today. I First off, I got to say what's up to my boy just to my left, JB. What's going on? What's going on? Can you say more than just what's going on? Can you just, uh, what's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? Mayor Martin? Hello? Mayor Martin? That's one of my favorite shows ever. What's up? What's up? What's up? You remember that, Martin Lawrence, dude?
1: You ever I, watched it's, Martin? It's been a while. He
2: didn't, it, did you watch that?
1: A little bit here, no. and I didn't like watch it from beginning to end, but I've definitely seen the, oh, the dude, show.
0: I love Martin. Martin's yeah. one of my favorite shows. Brubman. man, bro, man, everybody, Brubman. Uh, man, come in. Oh, dude, it was amazing. So, we do have uh, some bourbon in the house today. Uh, we're we are drinking the Brothers Bond bourbon, and we're smoking some fine cigars. JB, what are you smoking? Uh, I'm trying something
1: uh, different today that somebody sent us to try from Serrano Cigar Company. Serrano. Serrano. Serrano Cigars. Uh, it's called, the, I believe, the Taino. T-A-I-N-O. Tano, Tano, Tano Tino, Tano. I don't something uh, like that. Uh, okay. I'm botching it, but it, it's a super dope band,
0: but uh, okay. I'm getting ready to get into it, so we'll see. Okay. Then. Okay. And Quinta, what are you smoking? You started it there on the uh, pot, on the uh, video, and now you're smoking it still. It's what, what, your second one, right?
2: Uh yeah, I gotta finish my first one though.
0: Okay, okay, okay. What, what was your, what, were, what were you smoking?
2: Um, you know, I don't even know the name. I you just kind of gave it to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the Abe Flores 1975 uh, Maduro. Maduro, yeah. Yeah, the Maduro. Yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible cigar. You're smoking the half Corona, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a, a nice little easy thing. And you smoked for a bike ride, didn't you? I, I had to actually. I actually yes. had to pull my bike from the back. I was charging a little bit around the front, and I found out you were not on a motorcycle since you were 12. Correct. Correct. And so we took around the old neighborhood a little bit, pulled around here, and I lost my hat from One Bone. Uh, Onebone.com, the best place to find the best clothing for men to wear. Uh, go to Onebone.com. Uh, I lost a hat. I lost a hat. So I. Can't, Kind of took it up a notch on the highway and lost the hat, so I apologize for that. But we'll—I'm uh, sure we'll find it out there, run over or something like that later on. So, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate we, we coming to you probably like once a week here, maybe twice a week. Not—not uh, not nearly as frequent as we did before because we're a little more busy. But um, we have an interesting topic that we wanted to talk about a long time ago, and I think I mentioned to you a long time ago. And we, want, we want to bring Quentin on, our Quinta, onto the uh, podcast today. Uh, we just got done doing the video with her on the PDR cigars and. We want to talk a little bit about uh, sports in the, in the idea of Deion, Playoffs. Deion Sanders talking about practice <laughs> practice. Uh, talking so we're, we're, we're talking about the subject about Deion Sanders moving from Jackson mm-hmm. to Colorado state university. And, uh, And what that does for black colleges, you and I had a real spirited discussion in the lounge about that a while back. And I said, we need to get this on a podcast sometime and talk about that. So we're going to be talking about that, Uh, race relations in America and everything like that. Uh, If you guys don't know, if you haven't seen the video yet, Quinta is a uh, black female and an absolute, like a daughter of mine. And I just love her to death. She's incredible. Works here from time to time and uh, does an incredible job every time she's here. She's she's just amazing. So uh, very educated. Uh, You have a bachelor's in uh, psychology or
2: liberal studies, liberal
0: studies. Yeah. and uh, working on your master's right now in something, right?
2: Uh, I was.
0: You were working on your master's. Yeah. So what were you working on your master's then?
2: Um, electrical engineering.
0: Electrical She's smart, too, dude. She's smart. Very smart. M- much more smart and intelligent than both of us. So uh, we'll be we talking about this a little bit and uh, getting your getting your opinion. And, uh, and then talk about the whole race relations in America because it comes up all the time. So like that, and I've never really done it on a podcast. And we had a great conversation in the lounge. I wanted to get that on a podcast in particular. So uh, with that said, let's just jump into it. So Dion um, go ahead.
2: And it's also form fitting. Um, February is Black History Month.
0: Oh, that's right. Fe- yeah, that's right. February is Black History Month. Yeah. So that, that it, was, not planned. Uh, planned. Yeah, yeah. was so not planned. It wasn't planned. It was not planned. As, we as, just as, as white guys, as two white guys don't think of that to get through, well, I, thank you for reminding me. I mean, me, yeah. I, for
1: some reason, I thought about it earlier this morning. I think maybe when I was listening to the radio, mm-hmm. somebody might have said something on like sports radio. And, uh, but yeah,
0: dude, I would. I didn't even think about it. So yeah. good, good call out on that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so here, let, let, let's get into it. So Deion Sanders, uh, mm-hmm. Neon Dion, Prime Time, uh, the stud above, um, uh, above all studs, incredible uh, baseball and football player. Yes, you know, obviously uh, from the NFL, played for several different teams. I think he played for uh, mostly for Dallas, mostly for da- Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, San Francisco, ended up in Baltimore. I think he's, he ended he ended his career in Baltimore, if I believe if I believe right. Uh, I don't know if we played for any of the teams other than those three teams. I think it's those three teams. Um, but I remember growing up in the nineties watching Dion. Uh, he was with the Reds as well, and mm-hmm. seeing oh, him, yeah. And stuff. Was, Cincinnati. Yeah, it was great. It was great, and so uh, he was larger than life. And uh, he played with Griffey, a, didn't he? Yeah, or he right. King Griffey Jr. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, there's a there was a time with Cincinnati Reds that King Griffey Sr., King Griffey Jr., and Dion were all on the same team. Oh that's, man! I mean, what's it like to play with your dad? You know, and then have Dion dude, there. Watch, yeah,
1: <laughs> not to get off of Dion, but mm-hmm. just dude watching Griffey play in. Mm-hmm. Freaking Cincinnati is is gonna be one of my biggest treasures.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, will. I saw him play several times at uh, Great American Ballpark before it was when it was Riverfront Stadium. Yeah, right, Riverfront. That's what it was yeah. when I saw it too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Riverfront Stadium. So, uh, and, and both. Uh, I'm a Cincinnati boy, so born and raised in Ohio. You're born and raised in, um, in the Dayton Clinton, area mostly, Dayton. and then Cleveland a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. And then Quincy, you're a you're a Phoenix native, right? You've been here all your life. Yep,
2: born and raised. Born and Phoenician,
0: raised in Phoenician. You know, which is great. Um. So, let's let's talk about about uh, Dion for a second. So, uh, you know, I, I watched the I watched the little kind of documentary about him going to Jackson, mm-hmm. and what he did for Jackson. Now, Jackson is a Historical Black College, correct? Yes. Okay, and he put them on the map with football. Jackson State, Jackson right? State, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. State. Um, so he put them on the map with football. He brought all his skills. His sons went there. Everything else like that did a lot for the city mm-hmm. and everything else like that. And um and I saw in, in the, I, I think it's really interesting because we were talking about this before. I saw in the video, he even said, uh, I, I'm not sure how long I'll be here, but as long as I'm here, I'm here, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because that was almost foretelling to where, what things would happen. Now that video was done like years ago, maybe yeah. two years ago at this point. And, uh, and somewhere in, in the last six months, I can't, maybe it was maybe the last three months, if it, depending on when you listen to this podcast, uh, Dion got an opportunity to go to Colorado State University. Yes. Uh, he took that uh, opportunity, and, uh, and there's no doubt the pay is bigger, you know, at, oh, yeah. at Colorado State University versus uh, here. But uh, we had a conversation about that. I said, how do you feel about that as a, as a black woman and in for black colleges moving from that to a Colorado State University? What were your thoughts on that?
2: Um. I understand when you have opportunities because there are certain opportunities in life that you're not going to get twice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then again, the impact that he had on our black boys, Mm -hmm. on our, you know, it's significant because the prison, the school to prison pipeline system is for black men is something that's very prominent. Right. 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 And um, for a lot of black, um, for a lot of those black young men. Deion Sanders was kind of the the only father figure or the only positive male mm-hmm. role model that they had and mm-hmm. just to see him leave it it was just
0: that do something it, it to you sad. Were, you, were, you, were you, did you feel sad about that and, and everything or what were your thought, what were your thoughts on it
2: I, I was a bit sad for that uh-huh. reason because it's um you know on this podcast you guys talk about men masculinity and culture
0: right right and right.
2: um you know we you it it, it just is hard to raise masculine boys today it is it's mm-hmm, not a mm-hmm. it, it's not a if fans or buts. it's very difficult and
1: balanced masculine men
0: yeah yeah that okay. well, just i mean I, I would say uh, yeah i mean men, men who are who are tender warriors men who are you know they, they know when the the, the right, right amount the of right, masculinity. Yeah, the right, right amount of masculinity is needed at the time um that are lions not lambs people who you know don't sit around and cry about everything all the time and and uh, are, are motivated to get things done the way they should, the man should get things done. Yes. You know, um, and you're saying, so So him being a father figure to all those guys, you felt when he left, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you felt when he left that there was a hole, you know, that is left exactly. there by, by that. And so so let me ask you this. As, um, as somebody responsible, do you feel like he's responsible for that culture because he created the culture now? And... You mean because he was there for? I mean, I think he was there for three, three there and a half, three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years, and so to to come there and create a culture and then to leave, you know, as a result of that, do you feel like there's a responsibility that was left undone? Do you feel like, um, you know, he he has a and and obviously we're talking a little bit more than just the game of football. We're talking about you know a, teaching young black men to leave a legacy for a family. Yes, you know, and so do you, do you feel like that was something that he he could have he could have done better or what, what What are your thoughts on unpack that for me
2: um that's the thing he did he did what he was supposed to do now it's up to the black community to take care of the rest mm-hmm. it takes a village to raise a child and even mm-hmm. though you're 18 you're still not done growing your village right you're not
0: right Right. and
2: it that's just and that's too much pressure on one person to mm-hmm. carry that weight we need to be supplementing these young men with the educate with the education and the institution to get them to where they need to be to where they can take care of a family. That's not on. That is not a one man job.
0: So, do you think that he felt um, his time? I, I guess I guess there's, there's a couple things that go into it. And by the way, we, I don't know all the things con- considering you know his time at Jackson State. I don't know his relationship with with the. You know with the school or anything else like that yeah. <clears throat> I, I knew that there were some stress stress fractures in there relationally yes. with what he wanted to do what he wanted to bring and what they were willing to support things like that yes. um that he felt uh let me let me let me play devil's advocate here for a second do you feel that he could even make a bigger impact at colorado state not necessarily in the black community but he's still dealing with, you know, black athletes, black young men there or any young men, you know, at that point with a broader perspective versus just simply historical black college, you know, that or is that do you feel like that was a shun? And I, I think that's that's one of the questions that, um, that that I wonder for the black community. Do you, th- do you feel like the black community feel like, feels like that's a, a shun or betrayal, you know, um, going to Colorado State University? for the money per per se or for the impact or whatever he wants to do because here's the thing about dion and i I don't know this to be true and jb you can speak to this if you know that uh i don't know that a guy like that makes all the moves for the money because i think he has so many endorsement deals so many i mean he's got money like he's he's freaking
1: prime time bro he he is he's got money already so uh (laughs) he's freaking prime time
0: and, and whether 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 we have the same theological convictions or anything like that, I know him to be a Christian man. Mm -hmm. You know, I know him to be, you know, he's preached one time or two and everything I've heard him say about God, you know, is solid, you know, in in that regard. Um, Like I said, I don't know all his his theological convictions or anything like that. So don't hold me to everything. But I I think that there's a, a sense of where um, I, I, as an outsider looking in, I felt like as it, as the news came out, watching ESPN first take and everything else on that, uh, everybody had multiple, multiple, multiple different views. Oh, he was getting
1: roasted. Yeah.
0: And and there were there were things that were there were people coming in being like, you know, dropping Uncle Tom's, things like oh, yeah. that. I mean I was like He was getting roasted. I was like, wait, what? So I mean Dion doing I mean like I don't think that's the case, you know, um, in that regard.
1: I have a I have an interesting take on this. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be curious because I think me and Quinta lightly talked about this. I don't really remember what we talked exactly about, but I'll be curious to see what she thinks after I say this. So uh, there's a couple things that come to mind with... So I'll, I'll give you why I think it's good that he went to Colorado State. And then I'll give you the devil's advocate on what can happen with HBCUs that could potentially prevent stuff like this from happening. Right? So okay, number one, like... In a way, he could help more people at Colorado State than he ever could at an HBC mm-hmm. because of money, right? right? So how right. much more scholarship money can he offer kids that are never going to have to pay for school now? Right. Now there's NIL money.
0: Right, right.
1: So how much more money can he pay these young men now through NIL, through Colorado State, that he never would have been able to do through an HBC? That is right?
2: That is an excellent point.
1: Right, right, right. So right. That, that's my first thought, okay? Mm -hmm. My second thought is, well, how do we fix that problem with HBCs? Mm -hmm. Simple. Move them up a division. Give them some respect. Maybe uh, help them get more funding like these other divisional schools did. And I think the impact that Dion made was so big that they're worried that they were on that trajectory potentially. Okay. And now that he's left... That they're going to get forgotten about, and they may never get to that point again.
2: Well, and that brings up another um, interesting point because um, Jackson State was not willing to give more money to the program.
1: Okay, oh, I did not know that. Okay, so that, so why you know, wouldn't just, he go somewhere why else? Wouldn't
2: he go somewhere else where he can get the resources that he needs to help to them make, kids to get to get this football program yes. rolling and really getting not, these young men where just, they need not, to be. It not just to sucks,
1: man. Because I'm telling you right now, if I'm from like. If I'm from South, like, down in Mississippi or Georgia, I'm not wanting to go to no Colorado State to play football in the cold, man. I'm just saying that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that um, the thing that, that is really concerning for me is that, I mean, first off, he's getting roasted like crazy. He can make a broader impact on any race that he comes in, with, including black young men. And... um there was, there's obviously stipulations and or limitations at Jackson that they weren't willing to go with, you right. know. And he put in some of his own money in that. Yes, yeah, a lot he did. of his own, a money. lot of his own, a money. lot of his own money to to make that program what it was. So when that happens, there's a point to you where you're like, man, I don't know if I'm even if it's even worth fighting at this point continually because there, I mean, a, a man, a man like Dion, I, I imagine looks at things in a broader perspective than we would and say, and say, okay, look, here's the reality. I can't, I I can't do what I want here. They're not going to give me what I want here. No matter how much I fight and even use my name and my credibility, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get where I want to go because, you know, maybe logos and egos get in the way. I don't know. Um, but he had another opportunity. Somebody came in and said, you know, how would you like to make your impact broader? So, I think there's two issues on the table. One, how do you make HBUs go even even bump a division, um, and would they just get slaughtered at that point in the division? What what
1: division are they technically in right now? Because I'm assuming they probably do get some scholarship money for athletics.
0: I don't know if they do if you go to HBU. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm, a, don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
2: Uh, you do when you go to an HBCU. I, yeah. be- I believe. If it's
0: not for athletics, you, it's for I something was going to say.
1: Yeah. Do you even pay tuition if you if you go to an HBCU? Oh yeah. You yeah you, have, yeah,
2: you, yeah, pay, yeah, you pay, pay tuition. Okay.
0: I don't I don't know how that. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah. You pay That's, tuition. I
0: don't know nothing about that. It's something. It's something else. Went to you know you went to Arizona State University. Yes. University. So, um, have if you were to go back again and do an HBCU. You know, um, or go to Arizona State. Would you do anything different, you know, versus that? And why is that important for you? So, 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 give us, enlighten us a little bit on why, you know, historical black universities are more important. You know, college universities are more are more important to you know um, African American people versus. Um, a, a typical state college or what have you. So, or why would somebody think that you know in the, in that regard? So, educate us, educate us a little bit on that.
2: Um, if I could do it over, I actually would go to an HBCU. In okay. fact, one of the reasons that I stopped doing um my master's because I was just getting the prereqs done so I could get into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I am thinking about going to an HBCU for my master's. Okay, or if another like with Deion Sanders, if another opportunity came mm-hmm. at a At another uh, institution, I would definitely take it. Okay. Um, Okay. It's because we we lack community Mm -hmm. in in the in in black america we do lack community and to be in an institution where everyone looks like you we're having the same experiences and we can deeply unpack that without egos Mm -hmm. getting hurt without feeling like you're chastising or attacking someone it greatly makes a a different impact
1: or even i didn't even think about this you as you were saying i thought of this or even thinking that the teacher is treating you differently
2: and uh, that was my next point
1: Mm. i didn't even think Mm -hmm. about that Yeah. Like I didn't even think how many kids go into a classroom and think like immediately because of the type of teacher that presents themselves in the room that they immediately feel alienated.
2: Yes. And um, sorry. You
0: you had a story you told me one time about that when you experienced that.
2: Yeah, I had a I had a professor at ASU that was just really not forthcoming with any information or trying to help me. And um, he was more willing to do it for white White students, as opposed to me, but I really had to take a step back and look at it. He had been teaching at Arizona State since the nineties, I believe ninety eight, where it where um, you were definitely dealing with more white students, but now sure. you are dealing with more African American students, and some people just can't get with the times. It's very mm-hmm. it's very hard to rewire your brain to think differently.
0: Right, right. So so let's let's transition into. Into the into the question on, on the hour, it, it, it's you know it, it, it's Black History Month,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and race relations in America is what I want to ask about. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to race relations in America, um, I think it's, I, I'm just going to tell you my opinion. I think there's two narratives being preached. There's two. Uh, one narrative is that that all people are racist, and that's and that's the problem. You know, and that's being preached, and I and I will say probably sold to by People who have an agenda, you know, and, and everything else like that. And that happens continually. And I, I see that, and you know, well, if you don't understand that, well, then you're racist. If you don't agree with that, well, then you're racist, you know, and, or if you voted for that person, well, then you're racist, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you ask the question, why? And, uh, there's not a very good answer for it. It's not even a logical one. Correct. That's, that's one narrative being preached. The other, the other narrative I'm probably partial to. And that narrative is that there is, um, lack of opportunity for certain races in america and i'm not i'm here's the thing i'm not sure i agree with um tremendous amounts of institutional racism although i know it's there Mm -hmm. and like i said like and and i'll i'll agree with this so like if it's there show me the person to fight and i'll fight it with you i have no problem with that right but to say a whole institution is racist altogether i don't know that that actually exists other than like it's a straw man argument to defeat or to make someone feel worse about the skin color they're in, you know, whatever it is. I mean, here's the, here's the great thing about skin color. If you will, I think it's a kaleidoscope. I think it's beautiful the way God made us. I also believe that your soul and my soul don't have color. So it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. you know, in that regard, we do have culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's different. I I think that's, that's, that's even another question there between color and culture, you know? And I think, I think that makes a a broad difference because you're, you're bringing up things that, our cultural idioms and cultural problems within Mm a black, black community that if the skin color was there and nothing, nothing like that, it just happens that it just happens that it's a skin color issue at certain times that people are saying like, well, that's a, that's a black issue. That's a white issue. That's a Mexican issue. That, that this kind of issue, that's kind of issue. And so when that happens, my question is who is the institutional head that we need to fight against to change that, that dynamic, if you would, but to say that that, so my opinion is, um, does racism exist? Of course. I mean, it, it just does. You're gonna have you're gonna have idiots, and you're gonna have people who are, you know, bigoted towards people just simply because of a of a skin color. Yes. If you would. So, um, and so I want to ask a couple questions predicated on that. Okay. And so, I wanna pre- so uh, my first girlfriend was black. Mm-hmm. My first girlfriend was. Um, have you ever dated a white man?
2: Mm, I've went on a date with one, but okay. I never dated okay.
0: one. Okay. Okay. Um, cu- culturally. Culturally, was there a tremendous amount of difference? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I will say with with my girlfriend in particular, um, there wasn't tremendous amounts, but she was from LA too. Does it make oh, sense? Okay. So it, yeah. was, it was. I was very gonna different. say, I
1: thought you I was like, cause we kind of both grew up a little bit in the hood. So I was like, I would imagine you were a little bit more culturally sure. close to her than, than yeah, most up, white dudes would be. Right, right. So so But bringing the LA part changes things.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> the L B C is a little no, different, bro. No, no, no. She wasn't she wasn't hood or anything like that, man. She was she was just beautiful. Um and you could be, her, her her uh her dad had a really nice job. And mm-hmm. made a lot of money, and lived in a house way better than ours. <laughs> Just so you know, way better than ours. Okay. Uh, and she was one of like I think five kids, six kids, maybe. Holy. Um. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's uh. But, I mean, her dad was to be feared. To be honest with you, who scared me to death. Um. But so in 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 that regard, uh. Cultural cultural differences, uh, one can be two things. They can be understood, accepted and overcome in the fear. Yes. You know, or they can be uh confusing, uh, rejected and then feared, mm-hmm. if you would. Those are just those are the opposite, you know, parallels that you have when you when it comes to different cultures, you know, if you would. So whether it's white, black, and you know, Hispanic or anything else like that. So um in in regards to that, so in Black History Month and with with racism still being alive and well do you believe that racial relations have gotten better over the years or have gotten worse over the years, or is it i guess my question would be um is it do you feel like it's uh maybe more popular because social medias and the internet and everything else like that or like it's more spread out or i i don't know give me your give me your thoughts
2: um I am of the opinion if you surround yourself with great people, then it's not as bad mm-hmm. than if you surrounded yourself with people that tolerate you. Okay. Um, oh,
0: that's a good. You, that's a good word. You, let's let's unpack the word "tolerate." So what? I want to want to hear what that, what you mean by that.
2: Well, people, if you have some decency and re- and respect for yourself, you want to be liked, not tolerated. Sure, sure. And I've always found going back to the story with the with that professor, mm-hmm. I withdrew from the class, and I found a white male professor that was willing to listen to what I had to say mm-hmm. because I do. I do think differently, and the way that I would that I do math and science problems are different Mm -hmm. compared to how we were taught to do them. Mm -hmm. So instead of just harping on, oh, he's this, he's that, I'm gonna just go find somebody else that actually is going to listen to what I have to say and understands that this is a different perspective,
0: right? And that's okay. And
2: i I think that Black America doesn't do that. I. found mm. that we spend a lot of time being around people that just tolerate us. Why would you want to be
1: around people it? that Le- tolerate you? Lecrae said in a song, don't get bitter, get better. Right. Quinta, right. Quinta wasn't bitter. That, that dude was a jerk and, you know, and she got better. And by getting better, she went and found somebody that was willing to help her be better.
2: Yes. You you get up from the table and you go find people that respect you at their table.
0: Right. Mm. Right. Uh, so some some of the questions I have. Um, do you do you think that it's possible and or probable, um, to sit at somebody's table who does not accept you because of their skin color and still work with them? That's my that's my question. Yeah, that, and that go, here's my thing that goes on that goes on both sides of everything. They're, this isn't just black and white because we're, we're I mean we're America's melting, melting pot now, so we have all kinds of I'm a mutt. I don't know if you're a mutt. I know he's a mutt, you know, meaning like I, I have several nationalities within me. I mean, Irish, Welsh, Scottish, German, uh, American Indian, Italian, all this, all this is my, all these are my cultures, but I'm not culturally any of those things to be honest with you. I'm just Bradley. It's
1: right. just, it's
0: just weird. You know, I'm a cigar guy and you know, I guess some of my, some of my culture are cigar people, if you would. Uh, so, uh, but we know that we know that people will isolate you because of skin color. Yes, we know that that happens. And so, is it possible to sit at the table with somebody who isolates you because of skin color? You tell me, because I've never experienced. I've only experienced that once, Um and it was from a black Israelite. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, oh, dude, that yeah, that was talk about bad theology on top of just racism. It's awful. <laughs> it really was. Um, but, but the, but the, yeah, the guy's name was Shaquem or he called himself and I know where, it, I know where it's at in the Bible, but I remember him just talking about me being a dog and a devil and then being a, being, being his slave in the afterlife. So what he said, and I was like, wow, that's, that's not appropriate. That, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. That, that's crazy. It's nowhere in the Bible, but you know, um, so, but go ahead. Um, excerpts of things can be twisted very easily. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs>
2: um, For me, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. However, um, I don't know if anybody has watched American History X.
0: Watched it last night.
2: Ed Norton. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. Mm -hmm. And that is a very good example of somebody that was greatly intolerant towards uh, Mm African-Americans until he actually got to sit down with one Mm. and really understood what was going on. Mm. So Mm. I think, but with his character in the movie he was willing to listen and to understand Mm. if you're not willing to listen and to understand, we have a problem, right? You can't be bullheaded.
0: So, so with, with, so if you were to give somebody, you know, who is in the, in the, in the white community an opportunity to listen and understand of how the black community feels about certain things, Mm -hmm. what are three things that they need to listen and understand about? Mm -hmm.
2: Wow. That's a good question.
0: Isn't it a good question? That's what I do. I just ask good questions. things. Yeah. What's one of the most important ones?
2: Well, history. um, Mm -hmm. we, We always learn about the same people during Black History Month. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., Uh, Malcolm X but can we bring some other people into it one of the most quintessential things needed in medicine today is blood transfusions that the method of how we do it was created by um, an African American man by the name of Charles Drew a lot of people don't know that Mm. Um, the GPS in your phone that was made by a black woman Gladys Mae West Mm. so I I think we we, we need to have more we need to learn about more people in black history in black history but it which is history in general mm-hmm. not just the same three people we have done so much for this nation and it's greatly underreceived.
0: Mm. Mm. and you okay.
2: you now have people um not to get political like ron desantis who mm-hmm. said ap black history cannot mm-hmm. be taught in florida schools why is it when it comes to our history that it just gets pushed to the wayside
0: what's what's ap black history
1: like it advanced prep.
2: It's advanced prep.
1: Yeah. So okay. like an advanced an advanced class. Why would de- they have, why would they have a problem with that?
2: Because it goes exactly. along the lines of crit- <laughs> critical race theory, uh-huh. which that's not a theory. That's the history of this country. Uh-huh. I I don't know what the issue is there. Yeah, give me
0: give me your give me your thoughts on on CRT. I know I know a lot of people's thoughts on it. I don't think I've looked into it that much. I know enough of it to know. Um, my thoughts on what I've heard, but what are your thoughts on critical race theory?
2: I mean, I, I don't, it's not a theory, it's history. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry that the nation of this, the history of this nation offends you, mm-hmm. but it needs to be taught.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: the, 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 on, the only way to remove the scar or the, the wound of racism
0: mm-hmm.
2: is to look into it stop throwing salt on it you you gotta look into it
1: so, so I, I think the problem with it is the, the way it's named from the beginning right critical race theory well
2: really it's the 1619 project which is when African Americans came here but yes. look how now all of a sudden it's critical race theory no it's called the 1619 project yes. stop renaming and relabeling stuff to fit your agenda
0: and so, so I'm not really I'm not really versed or familiar with all this other than I know about CRT uh, and that being a very controversial thing, I guess, I guess the question is, why is it controversial? You know, in, it's, in my head, is it is it? It's it, controversial because there's a misunderstanding in, in what it
1: actually is supposed to be. Right. And that's why okay. I said it, in the way that it's named is part of the biggest issue with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. instead of it being called critical race theory, mm-hmm. why don't they just. So here, number one, American history is screwed up all the way around.
2: Yes. Okay. American
1: history is absolutely screwed up. As somebody who was a history minor in college, mm-hmm. American history is screwed up. And it's been very it, manipulated and twisted over centuries and centuries and centuries, right? It's okay. told
2: by the narrative of the winner.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. Now, with that being said, though, if they changed, so two things would happen. Instead of it being critical race theory, it could just be... American history and how mm. the African Americans played their part in American history after they were before and after they were freed from slavery, mm-hmm. then that wouldn't be critical
0: race theory. It would just be people learning about American history, specifically so,
1: about African
0: Americans okay, so, that were in the history. So let me ask you this. So is, is the thought process, I think I'm, I think I'm learning some stuff here. So is the thought process that black history is omitted from American history currently it when is. it's taught in yes. schools? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, what's weird is it wasn't it wasn't in my schools. So that, that's that as, like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, even even in my
1: African studies classes, I didn't learn about African Americans that did things I learned about African tribes in their history. Like I had to dig into really deep, like, elective courses to learn about African American history. Yes, I really I'm telling you as as a history made minor in my education studies. It was hard for me to learn about African Americans, as it was in American history, outside of Betsy Ross, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, right? The main ones that everybody. So you knows never about. learned
0: about Frederick Frederick Douglass, who or anything like that. You, you never learned about Frederick Douglass abolitionist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so who? Uh, that's, that's, I learned about that. I mean, I learned about all this stuff. That's really interesting. So the 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 idea of CRT. Um, and I've seen some. Weird, I mean, I I've may
1: seen, there's stuff I'm not going to remember right. that I
0: could have learned. I'll, there, I'll be honest. I've, I've I've talked to some guys who talk about CRT, and and there's there's stuff that you would not agree with. I know for sure when you hear about the CRT, um, like from California, where they're talking about reparations. What, well, not not just reparations, but it, your level of whiteness of like what your white white awareness or anything like that. Like yeah. like uh, if you don't know a black person or if you don't agree that you're racist intrinsically. You know that that this is this is who you are and this is what you have to understand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was like that. That's weird. I I would never thought that. But here's here's the thing that I'm that I'm different when it comes even to my political stances on things like that because I'm a Christian first. So it, when I hear stuff, I just ask. I ask questions about it. I go, so why why do you what do you feel that way? Why do you think that that's the case? And when I'm met with great hostility about something that I need to change, um, especially hostile or, or or violent or anger, I go, well, that's not. And that's not that's, I, I don't think any of that stuff's of God, so I'm not going to listen to it, mm-hmm. you know. But when I hear somebody, you know, who is calm, cool, collected, and uh, they care genuinely about me and the conversation that we're having, I tend to dig in a little bit. Yes. I tend to go, okay, that, that so tell me why CRT is important to you in that, kind of, in that kind of regard. Meanwhile, I got people on both sides going, it's the worst thing in the entire world, it's the best thing in the entire world, you know, and so
2: I think. Also, where the issue is with CRT is that I think parents think that a teacher is going to segregate their children's classroom mm. and tell white students, you're the oppressor and tell black students, you're the oppressed. <laughs> I don't. I know Even our educational system <laughs> is not great, but I know I have enough faith. Nobody's well, doing that. Come here, on
0: now. Here, I guess, you know what? So as somebody who's who's been married to an educator. If it's happening,
1: time, it's happening at home.
2: And that's what Pete... and and so, I.
0: So, so, hold on a second, hold on a second. Say that mm-hmm. again. If what's happening, I mean, what's happening at home? If so, k-
1: kids don't know what they don't know, right? So, mm-hmm. if it's if something's being taught in school, and then a kid goes home and talks about it at home, that moment is when that kid has that discussion with their parent, or hears the way that their parent talks about that particular situation, is immediately how they're going to form their opinion on it. Because a lot of times, kids aren't going to have Unless it's already been pre, like I don't know what age they start doing this at, right? But like, until I go home and talk to my dad about something or talk to my mom about something, it's not going to set in one way or another, right? I'm not going to have a belief on, oh, well, I feel this way about this topic. It's
0: just going to be information that's given to me, right? Probably above thirteen. Okay. If that's not, if that's not, somebody I mean, you're talking sixth, seventh grade at that point, right? Yeah. So, so somebody's got adult children um, when my children ask me about like, let's say politics, for example, yeah, and when, they, when that's they, hard, yeah, when they came back and they asked me about politics and they were like, dad, who did you like? And who did you vote for? I said, I like this policy about this person. I don't like the character of this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the policy will, will help human flourishing and, and the, the continuation of our, of our democracy in our, in our Republic, you know, which I think it's a blended one. I don't think it's either one blue or not. So, um, but the here, here's the, here's the, here's the issue. So when I, when I explained that to them, um, I'm explaining to them in, in a way they can actually explain it to somebody else. It's called transferable concepts. Mm-hmm. When you talk to people, you should talk to people in tra- transferable concepts. That means when you're talking to somebody, you're talking to them in a way they're going to remember it and they're going to be able to tell somebody else about it. Yes, that's that's, that's actually how you share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is mm-hmm. You you explain to somebody, here's what the gospel means. Oh, so I just speak that, in parables, so it's confusing so. AF. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think <laughs> I think it's important because when you use transferable contests, when you talk stuff. So so when I, explain it, when I explain it to him, so my son to this day will go, um, his friends, uh, which are a very mixed bag of people, um, from every kind of political landscape you can imagine, uh, they'll say, so what's your dad think about this? Because they know we're on YouTube and things like that, and mm. they watch that. And go, what's your dad think about this? And he'll go, especially when it comes to policy, he'll go, this is what my dad thinks about the policy of this, of this guy. He likes this. Mm. Because, uh, quite frankly, there's things about – everybody i like there's yeah, things i sure. can't stand about people too mm-hmm. you know so when i when i see that i go i like that policy i like that policy i like that policy uh, i don't like that and i don't like how it was delivered in particular i don't like the character of that person i don't like that person is just a, a complete you know uh, arrogant you know prick about this issue or anything mm-hmm. else like that so uh, and that falls on all political landscapes, by the way. There's a lot of them everywhere. And I don't trust any politician for them. I can throw them. I don't care who they right. are. I, they, they don't have your best interests in mind, I promise. None of them do. Not one. Not DeSantis. Not Trump. Not Biden. Not Obama. Not any of them. They don't. They're all politicians. Uh, and so I don't trust politicians at all. Uh, it, but but you have to vote for them. That's the thing. You have right. to vote for them. So, so I tend to vote policy. Uh, so here, here's the issue. So when it comes to the issue of like, you know, CRT or anything else like that, we're talking where, where or race is a major card that's played in that, uh, and, and it's part of the education system. A, a revamping of the education system to whether you see where maybe there's a yes. See, yes. Here, here's, here's the, oh here, my god here, Here's yes. the issue. Here's the issue. <laughs> I wish my wife was here because she would just have so much to say about this because we fight about this all the time. Um, there's a reason. There's a reason. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a statement. And I want you to buckle in, and I want you to hold on before you respond, because you guys are going to go crazy on it. Um, Maybe you will, because my wife does. So there is a reason that private universities in our private schools do so much better than public schools, okay? There's a reason. Test scores and everything else like that, regardless of what race the kid is, they will do better in a private school than they will in a public school, every single time all the test score you don't believe me test scores just here's the reality stats always prove the case the stats are, are are what they are so my whole point was to my wife i said well the private the privatization of any business if you would mm-hmm. which education is a business if you don't believe it it is yes it okay is. it's run by the government it's it's manipulated by the government and everything else like that trust me it's just not good um when the educational process is a business then essentially the one with the most money money wins right who has the most money in the economy today fall the rich white guy huh no oh, okay <laughs> most of them yeah that's my but, rush hour reference yeah so here's my who has the most money what the, the private our private industry or the government industry well the privates no, no 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 who has the most money
1: I mean it depends. The if gut? you look if you look at how much debt we're in and how much money that, other that's people are you know I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about.
0: So so what how, what was the last was it 60 was it 30 trillion or 60 trillion? I don't
1: even want to know, bro.
0: I
2: think it's 30 now. It th- so
0: 30 trillion dollars in debt. Okay, so that means that's money spent Yes. All right. That one M- debt money. to somebody else. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, right. Yes. You so we're thirty. Owe 30 me owe. So there's not. You couldn't put. I, I forget what the, what the thing was. Uh, Elon Musk did this, this YouTube one time where he's like, "Just so you know, that means if every American was a millionaire, you couldn't pay that off in how many different years? It was like it was like a decade or something like that. You can yeah. pay it off in a decade. So he was talking about the, the economic times and everything. So as a result of that, you've got you've got government controlling certain things mm-hmm. and you have private industry that that controls other things which, which means they can do what they want we're a privately owned company we're not publicly traded or anything else like that so when it comes to this being zeal cigars we can say what we want do what we want everything else like that you know zealcigars.com is not regulated by anybody but this guy right here okay mm-hmm. so like as a result of that I'm, I'm a free free person i can do what i want if the government comes in and tries to regulate anything about my website like for example Let's say that in the next five to 10 years, okay, which is a very big possibility, by the way, in the next five to 10 years, the government says you cannot sell tobacco online whatsoever anymore, okay? Depending on who's in there or what happens like that. And by the way, don't think that Republicans are a bit better than, this than Democrats. Just so everyone that's listening is like, well, Republicans never do that. Trump was the one that signed in, into law, okay, that you can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't sell anybody you can't under sell 21. Under 20. Yeah, and that was a day. That went to act in a day. It took 24 hours to do that, okay? Mm-hmm. By the way, the guy doesn't drink and smoke at all, whatsoever. He doesn't drink any kind of alcohol and doesn't smoke any kind of thing. Just he's huh. big man and <laughs> KFC is like, not I didn't know that. Sounds dude. pretty good right now. Yeah, he doesn't drink or smoke. He just he eats has. a bucket
1: of chicken on the golf course instead yeah. of smoking a stogie, dude. Does not. Does not. Extra doesn't crispy, drink or smoke. bro? smoke. Yeah,
0: doesn't drink or smoke. <laughs> hey, um, my dude. Which is deceptive because I don't know if I trust a man with it, without any vices. Um
1: What's Alec Bradley's shirt say? I don't how do I trust a man that or how do I trust you if you don't smoke? No, here,
0: here's the thing. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing about this vices and virtues go hand in hand. They really do. They really do. Yeah, yes. And you know who said that Lincoln Lincoln said that Lincoln said vices and virtues go hand in hand. Why would I trust a man without any vices with the virtues I have? So I think that's important to recognize like that. That's a big thing. So that that's just my, that's just my opinion about one thing. So here, here's keep in mind, like I said, there's policies that Trump, that Trump that had that I loved especially for our economy i absolutely loved yeah but there's character traits about the guy i can't stand he's a womanizer we all know that you know so anyway so but here's here's and then don't, yeah. get, don't get me on biden dude i could i just go all days he's, he's like grandpa you want to sit in the chair he's like dude, don't talk anymore don't talk anymore let's, let's put let's put grandpa in front of the tv and just let him calm just down a little bit you know did you take your meds yet take a nap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so here here's here's the here's the reality behind all this so when the government controls something, it always goes to crap. We've always seen it. We've, all, we've always done it. That's why we, when, and you can't change it very quickly because you have to have elected officials do something like that. Yes. That's why private industries go so much quicker and faster than the government does. So if the government runs education, okay, and you're trying to get certain things, like you try, let's say you're trying to get a, a, a critical understanding of a, of a holistic view of American history. Mm-hmm. If the government does it, well, it just depends on the politics that are there at the time. You That's know, very true. It just depends upon it. So at, at this time, maybe it's easy to push through certain things, you yeah. know, at another time, it's easy to push through other things,
1: mm-hmm. you it's, know, at that point. It's interesting you just said that, right? Because yeah. me and Quinta just had a conversation the other day about um, the no child left behind. And it's yeah. interesting that that was signed when Obama was in office, right? No, was it Bush, Bush, Bush well, right? Bush. Yeah. yeah, Bush did that.
0: Uh, give me a second unpacking the child left behind for me tell me what that means
1: i mean long long story short it just meant that uh they were gonna slow down classrooms so that kids that were learning a little bit slower than maybe some other kids were learning um that they were gonna make sure that those kids were getting the care and need that they needed to succeed in school that's my understanding
2: they on top of that though with they also made it to where people can just pass from grade to grade, not fully understanding what they learned the year before. And that's the problem that yeah. we're having now. Stop pushing these kids through. You, If you don't understand the material, I'm sorry. You need to be left behind. Yeah. You need to know what's going on. It is that serious. And it's not a game.
1: What did I tell you in the text message? Because you kind of asked me about it. You were like, what's your opinion on that? As somebody who went to school for education. And I was like i'll be honest i don't know a lot about it but from from my circle that i heard when i was going through as an education major um it hurt
0: a lot of kids yes let me tell you how that has played out in my family oh let me tell you how that has played out in my family please do so everybody can get on the same page you ready yes so this is what happens with No Child Left Behind aspect of it, okay? You have two or, different, two or three different things that happen. One, you get something called an IEP, which is an Individual Educational mm-hmm. Program, okay? If a kid does not get get what's going on, he's put into something called IEP. Okay. People who are put in IEP are untouchable, by the way, by from, from the rest of society. And so and it, is that what we would have called slow learning classes? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of like that. Okay. You, you can put an IEP for almost anything. Okay. okay. When you're assigned an IEP, that means that you are very individually- you know, taken care of. That everyone stops and goes towards the 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 one minority that can't figure things out. Okay. Okay. And when I say minority, he's just not getting the curriculum. Okay. Okay. He Correct. or she or it or whatever. Right. Okay. He's not getting. They're not getting the, the the curriculum. They can't understand it. Okay. At the pace that it's being being taught or anything else like that. Here's the problem with the IEPs. So the I so once you are assigned an IEP, then that means that. Is that uh, independent every,
1: educational process? Yes. yes. Holy crap. It's weird that I could figure that out without yes. ever freaking knowing what it yeah. is.
0: IEP, individual education process. So what that does is that means every teacher has to has to do extra work for that person, okay, to actually help them catch up with everybody else. So it puts extra Versus pressure. Versus getting a
1: tutor, blah, 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 blah. Let me,
0: let me tell you how this how this really plays out. Where's okay? Jamie? I don't, even, I don't <laughs> even care. I don't care who hears this. I don't care if Scottsdale School District hears this or- at any place that my wife ever taught her this because she's no longer I knew a teacher, it had to do so with I wife. can say anything. I can say anything at this point. My wife had a, had a had a young a young boy. She was she was a seventh grade English teacher. I'm not going to tell you the school because I'll keep them somewhat credible, even though they're still not credible. And, te- and the principal needs to resign. I'm going to take this bourbon while he's here, here's uh, going the, on this. Here's right. the point. <laughs> quick. So this kid has an IEP. He threatens my wife's life. By the what? way, he wants to kill her. Tells okay, my he kids. Needs the bourbon back. Tells my kids. Okay. Tell, tells my kids. I want to kill your mom. Okay, everything else like that. What We have a school board meeting with the school board saying, listen, this this cannot go on. I am told by the school board, including Mm -hmm. everybody involved, we have to use our words, Mr. Reith. We can't do things like that. I'm like, excuse me, this is my wife. I need to protect her. I need to know what you're going to do to protect her.
2: And it's interesting that you said the young man, it was a male, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the problem also with no child left behind and that greatly impacts how these young how boys are supposed to be men.
0: It it gets it gets it gets harder. It, it gets harder. Here it is. they're making it easy he's, for him. So he's okay. a young he's a young black man. He's a young black man, okay? So so without a dad, without a dad, right? Oh, Lord. So here so here we go. So so this goes in and so my wife is told, okay, well we can't do this. There's no father at home. He's got an IEP. We can't we can't tell and, I, and I'm like okay I, I'm sensitive because I'm, I'm I'm all about young men becoming men I am I'm sensitive and, I'm, and my wife tells me this. I'm like you know what w- will they let me go meet with the mom will they let me go meet with the dad? I'm, this is this is my wheelhouse I, I, I deal with young men all the time I, this is my I can do this you know um, and I am told to sit in my place I'm not on I'm not on the school board I'm just the, the husband of this I, they don't want any help from me or anything else like that you talk about a village raise a person. Okay, and when there's somebody not there, and you can be there, I would have gladly taken this young man with my son to a movie. Get get some get, get some then then thank you. Exactly. Oh my lord, and then talk that was to him a and missed opportunity. I would sit down with the young man, and simply just say, "Say, hey, buddy, man, this this was said, and I just want you to know that's not the way we're supposed to talk or, or treat ladies, and so on and so forth, you know." And, and so, on and, so on. and what when that stuff happens, and you limit the free market of the village. Okay, to actually in to actually do something about mm. this, what ends up happening? You're politically correcting everything to the point where like young men are depending more on governmental systems to tell them what to be. And Lord, what do we got today? What do we got when you when you ask the governmental system, "What am I supposed to be?" You're supposed to be obedient, do whatever we tell you. Okay, that's what they think. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. they think. Versus like real fathers, real men, real people coming alongside of them, regardless of of like race creed or anything else like that and saying like yeah young man exactly. this is how you treat women Young yes. man this is what's going on yes. we, we love you we care about you so or even saying what do you need exactly well then one let me let me talk to the mom dude thanks. i just i wanted a question with how the mom. can i help you i wanted to be like is there a way that we can do anything and so so my wife is so right here's what you got you got a teacher who's distraught because her life was threatened Yes. okay then that leads to even greater complications what had happened in the school is the rest of the students recognized they could do these kind of things mm-hmm. because there was no accountability for the young man. Exactly. On the, I, the IEPs yes, specifically? Yes, IEP, Exactly. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Not just them, but all the students. Okay. All the students, because my, my kids go there as well. So my kids go there as well, and they start hearing through the grave, hey, what happened with so-and-so? What happened with so-and-so? And he's like, nothing. They didn't do anything. My dad even came into a meeting with the school board. And they did nothing. They told my dad not to worry about and use his words. My dad doesn't have words. He has fists. Okay. And so it's say Piedros. Right. So <laughs> a, as a result, it gets bigger and broader and even even more. And so at one point I'm walking out, and this is true. I might have said that at, wrong. At one point, not like anything else I would said. everything I've said is true. You can. I mean, if you want names and you want to email me, I'll give you names and everything else like that. I end up walking out. Mm-hmm. I end up walking out of the meeting. The vice principal comes to me. And she goes, just so you know, I'm on your side. And I'm like, I bet you are, because any rational human being is on my side, right? Okay, I just want to help. I don't want to hurt the young man. He's obviously confused. He's seventh, he's seventh eighth grade, right? Yeah, something's he's, he's, not right. Yeah, no daddy, not right. no daddy. He needs somebody to get, get get together. I'll take time out of my schedule. I'll come take the kid out. We'll go out with my son. We'll do everything else like that. We'll do things that boys do. We'll exactly. The, yeah. And so I'll tell you what. There's a there's a there's a young man I don't keep in contact with anymore. I kind of regret it, but I'm, I, I, in another way I don't. His father never took him out to do the one thing they always wanted to do, and that was shooting. He always wanted to go shoot a gun. He never shot a gun. Mm-hmm. When I was a youth pastor, um, I said, I said, he asked me if I want to go shooting sometime. His mom actually came to me and said, uh, his dad's not around. Would you, would you take him out shooting some with you sometime? I said, absolutely, I will. And so I, I got together with him and we went out shooting in the desert and so on and so forth. Um, this young man credits that experience with a whole life change to, to what happened with that.
2: Yes, the importance of positive male role right. models. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the role models I've had, and that's exactly what we need. We,
1: we yeah, you you're on. absolutely right. What are you laughing at? Your headphones are on backwards. Oh, I bet they you are. Got the, you got the right one on your left ear. That's why you were probably acting all funny earlier. That's probably what it is. He's all clicking his earphones. that's what yeah, okay. the- <laughs> But you're right. The role models is a big deal. Well, mm.
2: and Brad did exactly what he was supposed to do in that situation. He saw a young man in distress... Mm. and he helped but the mother did something that unfortunately a lot of mothers don't do when you're a single mother raising a son you can't bestow masculinity upon him you need help and so many women don't do it and i i understand that's not the mother's responsibility but as a parent your job is to make sure that not it's not just the last name it's not just the legacy to mm-hmm. make the world a better place you need to give that young man the tools that he needs to succeed 100%. and a mm-hmm. man is what he needs to right. succeed right. she did what she was supposed to do that mm-hmm. is a good mother and mm-hmm.
0: I, I think i think that that's um it's it's so, it's so it's so it's so it's so frustrating when when you when you think so my wife left the education system and she works at a big corporation now mm-hmm. uh a very good company a very good company uh, one of the best companies here in the valley. Um, the The thing that I thought was so frustrating about that situation is everyone thought I was just angry, and what I was angry about more than anything was is that they not were, being able to help. Yes that yes. Th- that that the school system as it currently exists is not for parent parent child relationships in any way shape and form. It's for teacher control of a classroom for the sake of getting getting a, getting across educational principles mm-hmm. that may or may not be right who, who knows and they're not they're keeping parents out of it that's why when that's why when things go crazy when parents <sighs> when at parent meetings when par- parents are like you can't teach my kid about sex ed at three years old you can't teach my kid about that at six years old. You shouldn't teach that until they're like in high school or until junior high. Okay, so you shouldn't be teaching them about those things at this point or gender studies or anything else like that. That's why they're frustrated is that they're not listening to parents in general. They're listening to a small group of people who are are, are, are genuinely confused about some things and those people are running. It's like the uh, the inmates are running the asylum all yeah, some. yeah. And people are like, Dude, twenty years ago, that never would have happened. Twenty years ago, I could have walked in that school and been like, "This, Mm -hmm. this young man." And so, here's the bigger part. Here's the bigger part. So when when it all comes down, it comes, and you know the story about my son beating up that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's I've I've talked about the story before. I listened to the podcast that day. So, so here's here's the bigger thing. Nobody wanted, no one wanted to do. If you want to talk, it's not just the kids of. It's not just the kids are any kind of problematic kind of thing, or the institutions are any problematic. There are bad parents out there.
2: It, there's and, no no such thing as bad kids. It's only it, bad parents. Yeah,
0: and so what ends up happening is... So when this whole thing happens with my... The, this kid threatened to rape my daughter, right? And my son ends up beating him up. It's long story short. Okay? I... So the... the the father and mother agree to meet with me at juvie hall where my son has to go for this counseling meeting and I go with him and I'm very excited to meet with them. Mm-hmm. Not for the sake that I want to like yell at them or scream at them. I want to like understand why their son would threaten my daughter this way. And I want to have a conversation with the dad. I don't want to be in the room alone with him five minutes. I right. just want to honestly have a conversation with dad. Mm-hmm. They don't show up. They don't show up. They send a letter. Okay. Via carrier to the, the, parole officer whatever this officer or the juvie officer and she reads it to me and it's just this weird letter of like uh i hope mr Reith recognizes the violence that he's taught his son is, is <laughs> an, and i was like
2: that is a bunch of excuses for not for you not raising your son correctly because uh, that is
0: not yeah. appropriate right? i hope you
1: realize what your son just threatened my daughter for he would get killed for by so, other prisoners uh, just
0: saying i say all of that just to get <laughs> bring us down to a point where honestly in the school system as it currently exists, my my kids are almost out of it. Madeline's graduating this year. Yes. Um, And they've all been through public school. Mm -hmm. Um, The amount of parenting that we've had to do and deprogramming even for the things that they believe Mm -hmm. um, or that they're taught um, that you would think, I mean, by the way, on on both sides of the political spectrum are wrong on both sides. Yes. you know, um, I'm I'm like, well, well, that's not true. And that's not true you know and they're being taught that. And so uh, in 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 the midst of this I've I've had to sit there and with my kids and teach them. So all going back to your going back to your point ultimately that that we we were talking about I I think it's the the, the education of your children is on the parents. Yes. Not, not on the, the go, school, board. not the school and not the government. It's on the parents. So good parents make good kids. And make good decisions, and, I'm, and I, I'm just telling you with that situation that I dealt with with my my wife and with my son and my daughter, I saw the failure of what people are putting their hope in because mm. it's not worth it. It's not the government will never come out and defend you; they will only look out for themselves. And if they run the school system, I mean, the school system—excuse me—the school system is covering their own butt during yeah. that whole thing. They did well.
2: And then on a timeline scale, there's 24 hours in a day. You spend eight hours a day at school. So the other 16 hours, this child is your responsibility. Eight hours, what, what, what are you doing?
0: That's a good word, dude. That's a really solid word. Yeah. Eight, eight hours of your day is spent at work or, or school. And so the other 16 hours is spent somewhere else with maybe eight of that, six to, six to eight of that being in bed. Exactly. The other eight The other eight, four in the morning, four at night, depending on where it is. Who spends eight hours in bed, dude? Uh, I'd say yeah I'd say six to eight just a there's ai uh, I wish bro I'll just tell you this much There's a study I'm that a just freak came out on sleep um if you don't go to if you don't get at least six hours of sleep um a night you're a 200 percent chance higher of get having a heart attack than uh mm-hmm. anybody else it's just, it's just crazy dude 200 percent chance so that's why like seriously sleep is important you know so and, and this is coming from a guy who' was up till three o'clock in the morning yesterday Did I tell you about my dog? My dog had a, had a seizure.
2: Oh, goodness, it was
0: crazy! Marley, the lab,
2: the lab, yeah. Okay.
0: Marley had a seizure last night. It was just, it was just, cra- I forget, I keep forgetting we're on a podcast, anyways. But yeah, so, so Marley had a seizure last night, really freaked me out, freaked my kids out, and everybody else like that. And I was up just watching him till like three o'clock morning, okay, buddy, You all right, buddy, and petting him and everything else like that. So, if your dog's ever had a seizure, drop a comment. I don't know. Um, so all that said, it's Black History Month and everything like that. Do me a favor, Quinta. For the average white guy out there, probably listening to this podcast, <laughs> right? This is the average guy, white guy, average Joe, if what, you will. What, what could he do to pay respect more or pay more attention to uh, Black History Month? And what could he learn about more? Because a, a couple of things that you just told me, I didn't know. Okay, about about the 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 or the person in the blood transfusion. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the blood, blood transfusion. transfusion. Yeah, and the GPS. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's what, funny because the, she created the GPS, but her last name's West. Yeah. That's great. yeah, that is great. <laughs> right, right, right. Um I'll do it. The, uh, the 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 what's what give, give me some closing closing comments for the average average guy listening to this. That's like, okay, I'm 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 raising my kids in a culture. It's a mixed culture. We mm-hmm. understand that and we want to be we want to be sensitive, but we also want to be you know, proud of who we are too, you know, yeah. no, nobody else. So, um what can he do to educate his kids in a good fatherly way if you would um about black history and being sensitive to the, the cultural norms and idioms that we all come in contact with
2: well going on the lines of school a uh, school i hate to say the school was not meant to teach you everything you are going to have to do some research on your own mm-hmm. um there's a whole bunch of african-american um writers and um Poets that you can listen to: Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, Langston Hughes, Langston Hughes, excuse me, um, James Baldwin. There's so many, and that's not getting because that's not getting taught in school. I would highly recommend that um, you read some of their stuff. Um, I uh, said earlier, watch movies about about stuff like this. American history X is a phenomenal movie. It's a great it is movie. Gr- a great it really movie. Yeah. Phenomenal. It really is. So I would highly recommend you watch movies like that. Um,
0: let 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 me, let me talk to my listeners out there for a second. Just you and me guys, just, you know, we're on the radio. We're just, just you and me. Okay. Just yeah, quit. is not even here anymore. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this topic might, might, might cause nerve endings to be set off for you. This topic might be something that is, is hard for you to, to wrap your mind around because you're like, I'm not a racist. Not, you know, and we're not saying you are. We're not at all. Um, but there's there's certain things that we need to learn about other cultures um, because we want to help everybody get ahead, not just people who look like us, talk like us, and everything else like that. And I think it's important you know, that we, we all come together in that. I, I, I think that the greatest culture that God ever put on earth in the entire world is the human culture. And the sooner we can see past the the skin color type thing, which means appreciating what we, we all bring to the table, not just white, not just black, but Hispanic, everybody, every, every, every kind of culture there is out there and appreciating that. That means learning about that as well and appreciating that. So, uh, Quinta, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. I, I really do appreciate it. I love you to death. You know that. And, uh, uh, so, for the Cut Lighting Podcast, if there's anything that we said today that you might be uh, a little cautious about or frustrated about or want to know more about, you can email us at Cut Light, Cut Light Smoke Podcast. That's Cutlight Smoke Podcast, one word, at gmail.com. And I do check those emails and I will get back with you as soon as possible. So, for the Cut Light Smoke Podcast, it's been Bradley, Quinta, and JB, who is up front helping the customer. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, for listening, guys. And we're out of here like last year. Peace. Peace.